My name is Brennan, and as your host, I would like to welcome you to Shadow Valley. was asleep, when all of a sudden, I felt as though I was being shook. As soon as I woke up enough to process what had happened, I grabbed my phone, thinking I was being woken up as to not be late for work. I was surprised and shocked once I saw it was only 1.30 a.m. I immediately turned on my flashlight and surveyed my room. I eventually found nothing and went back to bed. However, at 2 a.m., I felt again, as if I was being shook. Once again, I used my flashlight and surveyed the room, and just like before, I found nothing and went back to sleep. The same thing happened again at 2.30 a.m. and still yielded no answers. Once again, after finding nothing, I went back to sleep. Now what happened at 3 a.m. is forever ingrained in me. At 3 a.m., I felt as though I was being poked or as if I was being petted. This time, when I opened my eyes, I saw a tall black figure with two white, almost human eyes and this unnerving, malicious smile. The figure kneeled until it had its face only a few inches away from mine. I could count each one of its unnaturally white teeth. After recovering from the shock of what was happening, I immediately jumped from my phone and turned on the flashlight. While doing so, the figure calmly, as if though satisfied, walked away into the darkness. When I finally got my flashlight on, there was nothing. I decided to leave my flashlight on the rest of the night and did not have any further interactions with this entity. I've spoken with many people about this experience and have been told many theories of what the entity was. The most popular and common theory is that the entity was a sleep or dream demon. The second theory is less theatrical and more practical. The second theory is simply that I had a nightmare. So with that being said, today I want to take a look at nightmares and how they relate to other strange nighttime phenomenon. One of the reasons why I wanted to study nightmares and talk about it for this episode is the fact that everybody has at least had a nightmare before, save it be a few exceptions. Something that takes us a little bit more into a mysterious direction is the fact that even though humanity is made up of many individuals with different backgrounds, cultures, morals, and values, we share eerily similar nightmares across the board. So regardless of how someone may have grown up, they will probably and most likely share a very similar nightmare as somebody else who is in a completely different situation and might not have the same background or culture or any event that would link the two together. And it's the lack of connection 
between two people sharing a very similar nightmare that really has me intrigued and really brings on a new set of mystery. And so what I'm going to continue to do is kind of just go through some of the questions I had while researching nightmares. And ultimately, I want to touch upon some of the strange phenomenon that's associated with nightmares. One of the first questions I had while I was researching nightmares was what actually constitutes a nightmare versus just a regular bad dream. And as I was looking for answers to my question, I came across a definition from the American Psychiatric Association. And after reviewing their their definition for a nightmare and really thinking about it, I've changed the way that I actually view a nightmare and what a nightmare really is. And so the definition of what they gave is a nightmare is a frightening or otherwise disturbing dream in which fear, sadness, despair, disgust, or some combination thereof forms the emotional content of the dream. Nightmares contain visual imagery and some degree of narrative structure. Nightmares typically occur during REM sleep, and the dreamer tends to waken suddenly from a nightmare and are immediately alert and aware of his or her surroundings. So after studying kind of that definition from the American Psychiatric Association um, and really just pondering on it and comparing it to what I thought a nightmare was, um, I've come to the conclusion that nightmares aren't just things that prey upon fear, anxiety, or stress. Um, nightmares like to prey upon really intense negative feelings like sadness, despair, disgust, or even a lack of self-worth. And it wasn't until after I realized that nightmares are more than just dreams which elicit fear or anxiety that I've become to understand that the major difference between the two is bad dreams don't necessarily elicit the same responses that a nightmare does. Nightmares specifically target emotions that are not only going to affect us emotionally or, or mentally, but are going to also cause physical reactions, whereas bad dreams... They may affect us kind of emotionally um, or at least mentally, but they're not necessarily going to be as be as strong or elicit as strong of physical feelings as an actual nightmare would do. And looking back in the past six months, I've realized that I've actually had a dream that would technically be counted as a nightmare. Basically, what happened in my dream is I was out in public and I ran into my ex who ended up also being out in public with their, their new significant other. And when I saw their new significant others, I had really intense feelings of sadness and almost a lack of, of self-worth or I devalued myself in this dream. 
And those feelings from the nightmare elicited such a strong response in me that I ended up waking up and having to go to the bathroom to throw up because I just felt so sick from the dream and the emotions and the reality, or at least the perceived reality of it, elicited that kind of response, like that intensive response. Um, and now continuing, one of the questions that also came up during my research, and it's a fairly obvious question to ask, is why do we even have nightmares or what is even the purpose that they serve? And unfortunately, there is no clear answer to this question. There's a lot of ideas and theories, one of them being that at one point in time, nightmares served an evolutionary purpose to help us grow and develop. However, it is unknown how nightmares assisted in that process, and it is also unknown what purpose nightmares serve now or why we have nightmares. Um, another idea proposed by Harvard Medical um, says that nightmares are subconscious symptoms of stress and vulnerability, which I find really interesting because that could also explain why there are so many similar nightmares across the board um, with people in general. And it could be just because we're put in similar stressful or vulnerable situations. However, I'm not quite convinced because there are still accounts of people in completely unrelated situations that have a very similar dream to somebody who might have a nightmare actually connected with their stress and vulnerability. And so it's kind of that connection between those two people having a very similar nightmare, yet the factors that are, are behind it all are completely different. And I find that extremely interesting, but also extremely unfortunate because we don't know why and we don't necessarily have an explanation for why. One of the final questions that I had while researching nightmares was what demographic exactly suffers most from nightmares or is affected most from nightmares? And I came across an, an excerpt from Dr. Deirdre Barrett, um, who is an HMS assistant clinical professor of psychology at Cambridge Health Alliance. Um, and Dr. Barrett is also editor of Trauma and Dreams, published by Harvard University Press in 2001. Dr. Barrett explains how the primary victims or the demographic that is most affected by nightmares is actually children, which makes a lot of sense given that children don't have as much experience in the world and there's a lot of things that are, are new to them and can definitely create a lot of mixed feelings but also introduce a lot of sensory information um, and provide an amount of kind of overwhelming knowledge, I would say. Um, and Dr. Dr. Barrett 
it said exactly that children are smaller and are vulnerable to many more threats than adults, and nightmares may partially reflect this vulnerability. Um, and I like the fact that Dr. Barrett said partially um, instead of trying to make it a definitive because, um, in all honesty, nightmares aren't just a symptom of stress and anxiety, kind of like I mentioned earlier. Sometimes there is just no explanation for why they go on. And I, th I think part of it, too, with children is they have a very active imagination and subconscious, and I think that allows them to have more intense nightmares and dreams than um, most adults do now. And, you know, looking back at some of my my nightmares as a kid, I realized they were a lot more vivid then than a lot of the nightmares I have now. Um, for example, um, just a brief kind of summary of a dream that I had when I was young. Um, and it's the only dream where I actually died. But in this, this nightmare, I was out with this girl that I really, really liked. Um, and then I also had a friend as well. And we all ended up getting captured, taking on this boat. It was almost like a yacht that was owned by these criminals. And what ended up happening was after beating us and interrogating us, they lined us up on the back of the boat and they ended up just slitting our throats open and just throwing our bodies kind of on the side and letting us kind of bleed out into the ocean. And a feeling that I won't ever forget in that dream was the feeling of choking on my own blood. And then I remember after dying in the dream, just feeling empty, gray, nothing. Um, the word I would also use is lifeless. And that was extremely in that was an extremely in-depth dream for me personally, versus some of the other dreams or nightmares that I've had more recently. Now that I've kind of gone over a general overview of nightmares and um, went over some of my very basic surface level questions, I'd like to look more at the weird phenomena associated with nightmares. And one of the, the first phenomena that people talk about associated with nightmares is the idea of past lives. A lot of people believe that a fair amount of memories are presented towards us through our nightmares. These are traumatic things that we went through in a previous life and they're coming back now because we need to confront them. We need to acknowledge that they happened and actually work through them. And I find this idea really intriguing, mostly because it definitely changes the dynamic because if everybody has lived several different lives over and over again, it would make sense why we would collectively share 
um, similar nightmares, even if we have unrelated backgrounds. It'd be because at some point in our past, there was like a connection there. Um, and so I kind of like exploring that idea. However, I'm not, I'm not convinced. I'm not necessarily convinced that we have past lives or we've, we've lived past lives. I, I like the idea, but I don't necessarily subscribe to the idea because, um, personally, I don't, I don't feel like I have enough evidence to, to commit to such a thing. Um, I like playing around with the idea and I like talking about it, but I, I definitely can't say I subscribe to the idea, um, that past lives are, are real. And that's something that's actual, that it's an actual process that we go through. Um, and so that's just one of the kind of the weird phenomena I want to talk about. Another one is kind of how they become more spiritual experiences. So not necessarily memories, but they are actual experiences where we are communicating with not only like a higher power, but we can also communicate with different entities. So during like spiritual experiences, we're able to kind of go different places. We're able to do a lot of astral projection. We're also able to interact a lot with different spiritual entities. Um, and with these entities, they're not just like not every person is good, nor is every person bad. Not all entities are good and not all entities are bad. And so during spiritual experiences, when you're out there and you're astral projecting and you're in these situations or scenarios and you come across some of these otherworldly beings, um, that's what we'll call them, the nightmare might stem from that negative experience with them. Maybe this entity had like malicious intent and is preying upon your feelings of stress, anxiety, um, sadness, any negative emotions, and they're trying to prey on that and feed off of it to kind of grow themselves. And, you know, a lot of people like to cite poltergeists as like an example of kind of a spiritual entity. And it's it's not necessarily one that uh, is is typically described as affecting nightmares, but it is definitely an entity that feeds off of strong negative emotions um, and will act out to try and receive that kind of attention or validation to get what it really wants in the end. Um, and what it really wants is to just keep feeding off of those emotions um, because the more and more you give it kind of that power, the stronger and stronger it gets. The last form of phenomena that I really want to touch on and talk about before we end is sleep paralysis. And I feel like sleep paralysis is probably one of the, if not the most associated phenomena with nightmares. I've read countless stories um, while doing research on, on sleep paralysis and nightmares of people 
all kind of relating the same the same feeling and the same story of they woke up and they're consciously aware of what's going on around them, but they can't move. Um, and they they tend to see an entity either on their chest or somewhere else in the room. And this entity is there to feed off of the negative emotions that they're feeling because they feel helpless. They they feel vulnerable at the mercy of whatever this entity is and what it wants. Um, and they describe that in the end, the entity doesn't necessarily want to cause like significant harm or damage to you. It really just wants to, to feed on all of that negative energy and all of that fear and helplessness to kind of build itself up. And I think this is probably the phenomena with nightmares that I would subscribe to the most, that I believe in the most. And I only say that because as I was researching this and going through so many stories about sleep paralysis, it became apparent fairly quickly of how consistent and how similar each individual account of sleep paralysis is. There is a very common denominator and outlier for each of these that they almost kind of all follow the same pattern of being woken up, having these strong negative feelings, and at times seeing that entity. And it's it's almost like as if it was all scripted. And that's not that's not like the other phenomena that we've talked about earlier. It's very unique in the way that it is very consistent. And I guess just ending on that note, the fact that it is consistent, um, for me at least, gives a sense of validity. Before we end, I'd like to thank everybody for tuning in and listening to episode one of Shadow Valley. I briefly also would like to mention some of the stuff that we are working on for you guys. One of those things being a website in which we're hoping to put out a little bit more content and information and to provide another way for us to interact with you. The second thing that we're looking at trying to put on is an episode of just listener tales. So if you have a story of maybe an experience you had that was weird, wacky, scary, maybe left you on edge, um, please email that to us with the subject listener tales. Our email address is shadow.valleypod at thedogenetwork.com. Again, that is shadow.valleypod at thedogenetwork.com. And please send any stories or tales you would like us to tell from there. And you guys have a great rest of your day.